I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 568 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please go over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, Backstreet's back on First Class Fatherhood today as Nick Carter returns to the podcast for his second appearance on the show. I'm honored to have him back here with me. Nick has added another backup singer to the Carter family since we last spoke. He and his wife welcomed a baby girl back in April, making them now a family of five. Aside from being born during a pandemic, which is already stressful enough for parents, uh, they did have a little scare as their daughter was born with minor complications. Uh, He's going to talk to us about all that and how it went down. Nick and the Backstreet Boys recently joined YouTube's Billion Views Club as their song, I Want It That Way, surpassed the billion view count just a couple of weeks ago. But much more importantly, Nick will be performing tomorrow with several other artists participating in Home for the Holidays, Benefiting Cure for the Kids Cancer Center. He's going to tell us all about that and so much more. I'm honored to have him back on the podcast here. Nick Carter will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And this time around, today's interview with Nick Carter was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Backstreet Boy and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you guys are fans of the Backstreet Boys, I know many of you have been hitting me up all week long in anticipation of this interview dropping today. you got to go back and check out the interviews I've done with Backstreet Boy dads A.J. McLean and Brian Littrell, who joined me on the podcast with his son Bailey. It was really an incredible father-son interview. If you are a Backstreet Boys fan, you got to go check that one out. It was really a banger. If you're fans of other boy bands, you got to check out my interviews that I've done with Boys to Men's Sean Stockman, InSync's Chris Kirkpatrick, and 98 Degrees' Jeff Timmons, and many other musical artists who are dads that have joined me here on the podcast. Go through the archives. Check them all out. Be sure you guys are following me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements. Just a few more podcasts to hit you with here before the year ends. So find out who will be joining me. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit me with a rating and review. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, I'm going to be right back with Nick Carter. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got a couple of ways for you guys to help support the podcast here and save some money. As you know, Christmas shopping season has started once again. And right now, MyPillow has got the lowest prices in history on their original MyPillow, the pillow that started it all. The normal price is $69.98. But right now, if you use the promo code FATHERHOOD, you're going to get it for $19.98. That's right. Save $50 on the original MyPillow. Go visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout. All right, and secondly, as you know, the NFL season is now heating up. The NBA and the NHL are underway. Take your kids to the game in person the way it's supposed to be and save $20 on your tickets at SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS and save $20 on your tickets. All right, just a quick recap. MyPillow.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. SeatGeek.com, promo code first class two ways for you guys to save money and help support first class fatherhood 
Joining me now, First Class Father, Nick Carter. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Yeah, I remember doing, I don't know if I interviewed with you. Was it you that we, we did? I'm the, I'm the only one here. Yeah, it's just a one-man right. band over we here. The, we were, but we were on the phone because I never, I, didn't, I don't think I saw you. So it's good to see you in person. That's right. Yeah, great to see you too. I guess I could say Backstreet's back here on First Class Fatherhood. They, but... they, they've been saying it for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the last time I did have you on the show here, uh, you had one and one. You had a son and daughter. I said, you're going to try to break the tie here and go for another one. You said, nah, we're all done. So what happened here? Let's give an update on how many kids you have here and how old are they? God, that was the last time we spoke. <laughs> I only had two and it was done there. Uh, yeah, it wasn't planned. Um and we were done at that time, and but we now are in a place where I can't see it any other way. And the new addition, Pearl, um, my daughter Pearl, seven months right now. Time has been flying, but um, just such a joy, and I'm so happy that she she is in our life. Yeah, well, congratulations. And I was following you closely there when you put the post up there. I was praying for you. I know you had some Thank complications. You. If you could, maybe what, what you can, if you could walk us through. Uh, and yeah. obviously, the COVID-19 is a tough time for any parent, I would imagine, adds to the stress level of having a kid during these last year and a half yeah. or so. So just walk us through the whole experience there, if you could. Yeah, well, I think that that was one of the reasons why we, you know, there, we weren't prepared for it. Um, and, you know, there was definitely... Um, we just didn't know necessarily what was going to happen. And when we got to the place, especially when it came to COVID and came to the pandemic and all these other things, it's like, there's all these questions and all these worries that you have as a parent, you know, and then you finally go to the hospital and, you know, you're, you're expecting things to be normal. And, you know, obviously I, I am on social media sometimes and sometimes my, my heart gets the better of me and, and I sometimes post things and I'm just like, Oh gosh, you know, but, uh, but I felt like at that time, maybe it would be, I was just, I was very emotional at that time going through some emotions and then, uh, Pearl came out and she was, uh, suffering from, uh, she, she couldn't, uh, breathe and there was the, uh, her oxygen level was uh, extremely low. And then they took her straight to the NICU and, you know, it wasn't the same way last time with our other children. And so then we we came into the room and we saw her on all these all these wires were hooked up to her and all these, you know, and she was just her color. She had no color. She was just like blue and and all these questions. She didn't know what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, too, like you're dealing with, you know, this it's not a normal hospital environment. You have people who are wearing masks, who are being careful. You know, you have these doctors who and these nurses who who are working overtime with all these extra you know things that are that that are on top of it. So it was it was really it was an it was it was very traumatic at, at the time. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I had so many questions that weren't going to be answered, and they're like, well, we got to wait. Uh, until her oxygen comes back and um and then you as a father just sitting there watching your newborn um helpless and just really at the mercy of the care of these uh, the doctors and nurses and that's the thing too i think it was important like i'm like we you have to realize you know the pandemic and covid has added so much to everyone's plate you know in society you know, and especially, you know, the frontline workers and, and the doctors and nurses. And so I just 
I was so grateful, even more grateful than before. Um, because obviously when your doctors are taking care of you and your nurses, you know, you're, you're so appreciative, but the things that they went through during that, that NICU visit was, it was, it was tough. And I saw what they were going through, but I'm, I, you know, I told them when I left, I said, I said, thank you so much. You know, I know I'm just so appreciative. Yeah. Well said. And again, it's such a reminder of what a blessing it is to have a child. And it's like, I know just from going to the hospital myself with four kids, uh, each and every time, you, you never know what other parents are going through while you're in there. So you you are celebrating. You want you you want to kind of keep things to yourself a little bit because yeah. while you're celebrating, others are suffering. So it's a, a kind of a, a you know a weird spot sometimes. I, I'm wondering what, what was the situation like, or what was the response like from your other two kids? Did they know what was going on? Were they aware that there were some complications? When when was the first time that they got to see their baby sister? Was it in the hospital or or when she came home? No, they. Uh, so obviously there was only a certain amount of people who were allowed into the hospital. It was just uh my wife and myself and um and there like i said there was a lot of uh protective measures that were in place uh and so we had to stay an extra i think it was like four or five days i can't remember how long in the hospital and had to just wait and to just wait and so we were calling back home and i i know my sister-in-law and uh, her sister and husband were at the house and they were helping to take care of the kids and and we were just giving them updates along the way. And then finally, um, when we got the clearance to go, I mean, it was like a, it, we, we were able to exhale and, and to, to let go. And then finally kind of give a little bit of a celebration, you know, to that. And so when we brought the kids home, uh, or my daughter home, uh, the, her sister and her husband and my two kids had made this banner uh, that was basically like a, a welcome home pearl um and it was and so i took some pictures of that and i think i put it up on social media uh but it was it you know it was tough but finally getting home and finally seeing her and that she was healthy and it wasn't going to be something because for me my only concern was was this a long-term uh thing you know uh and they said no it, it sometimes can can happen so well, thank God for that. Uh, and, and, you know, I had I had AJ on the show here about a month before your daughter was born. And he was I had asked him a question about how his kids interact with other kids from the band. And he was mentioning yours. He goes, yeah. And Nick is having another daughter. Uh, so and then so people were responding to me all over the place saying, oh, my God, he revealed the sex of the baby. And I don't know if he. Oh, the it was I, you guys. It see, was you I don't guys. know. And I was like, oh, no, I got caught. In a, did you guys do a gender reveal? Was that public? Did you guys have that out there? I don't recall. I, I think we did. I don't remember if we did. I know we tried to do that before, but I think we just kept that one and more inside the house. I was saying, man, it could be good for the show, but I hope he didn't let the cat out of the bag here. Like, you know, yeah, so. we were gonna, we were going to reveal it. I think when she was born. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you know, for my wife and I, as I mentioned, we got four kids. So going from two to three, that was the most difficult jump for us because our two older kids weren't old enough yet to be independent enough to take care of themselves where they still needed a lot of our attention as yeah. obviously the newborn did. So what's it been like for you guys the first seven months here of uh, having uh, three kids in the house? How have you guys adjusted? Well, Pearl is um, turning uh, seven months right now and she uh, she's pretty much just crawling around and not she's really she's a joy. She's just like she's a little angel. It's like literally she, she will occupy herself but then uh Saoirse, who's two years old uh we're going through that dynamic of if i try to pick up pearl and if Saoirse's there 
she's like, no, 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 put her down. No, me, uppy, uppy, me. So I have to basically pick both of them up at the same time and hold them like this. And I said, I said, you're you like, this is your sister. You love Pearl. And like, we love each other. Like just kind of like getting them used to that whole dynamic of loving each other and, and knowing that, cause there is a, the delegation of the, you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, attend to each individual child's needs uh, at the time that they need you, it, it's one of the hardest parts. You know, you're dealing with three different personalities, you know, and so, so yeah, you're dealing with, you're dealing with three different personalities and three different humans. And, and I love it and it's hard, it is hard, but it's, it's great all at the same time. And they do. I find that with the four of them, Nick, is that, you know, they each need that individual one on one. I try to make it a point, even if I'm just running to the store for a quick uh, thing to grab eggs or something, I'll bring a kid with me just so they get that that one on one time, because it's so important yeah. to them. We may think of it as like, oh, just five minutes. But for them, it's the whole day. Uh, sometimes so that dad took me for this this special trip. To, so in their eyes, it's very important. Yeah, and, um, I saw I never forget. I, I think I saw a commercial a long time ago that really stood out to me. Um, it was a dad who was. It was like this some campaign, but it was, dad was sitting down uh, with his daughter. I think they were like having tea or something like that. And it said something like, you know, uh, just like, uh, you know, 30 minutes a day or whatever the time was, you know, like dedicating just a little bit of time a day is so important. And yeah, for me, I wake up every single day thinking like, okay, I, I want to do and I, ha I need to do this with them. And, and I try to figure out things to do that are, that are fun. Yeah, very cool. And, and since I asked you the last time, I might as well ask you here. Now you have a, a two to one advantage for the girls. You guys going to try to even the score or are you guys definitely no. done for now? No, dude, no, dude, no. we are done. done. <laughs> like, uh, and, and I, I really, truly love the dynamic that we have uh, because in my, Searsha, obviously my wife and I, we have these conversations and, and it's now Odin is five years old and and he's all about his mom. You know, like everything is like mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, it's like like I'm like, hey buddy, how are you doing? How was your school today? He's like, everything's great. Uh, where's mommy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, where's mom? And I'm like, she's okay, fine. But then Sirsha is is like all about her daddy. You know, so uh, I, I told Lauren, I said, I said, you know what? I'm really sad. I said, right now, Odin doesn't even care about me. He just wants you. And she goes, well, you know what? I'm really sad too, because Saoirse only wants you. He doesn't care about me. You know, so, <laughs> so I don't know if you've gone through that, but it's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. And it's always nice when they want the other parent, when they need a diaper change, you're like, oh, don't you really want to go see mom? You know, as they say, oh yeah, get over there. You know? So sometimes yeah. we'll do, we've done things like that too, where I'll know that the dirty diaper is coming and I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me go grab something real quick. And then she'll, she'll get that whiff coming through. Oh, I know what you did over there. You know? So, uh, we yeah. definitely do things like that. Yeah. And I know you have uh, the, uh, cure for kids, the virtual celebrity holiday cooking experience with the sing-along, obviously, uh, as we mentioned there, you know, having kids is a blessing. Some parents are going through some very difficult times with their kids. So what is the Cure for Kids virtual uh, celebrity holiday cooking experience and sing-along? What is it all about? Well, uh, you can go to cureforthekids.org uh, to uh, learn all about it, uh, but I'll give you a little brief um, on it. It's basically a fundraiser for two hours that I'm setting up with this foundation that I've been involved with in Las Vegas for the past five years that I absolutely love. Uh, what they do is 100% um, of the proceeds go to taking care of families who are in need and who are actually dealing with um, childhood cancer. And um, so you can literally go to careforthekids.org if you live in Nevada or you live in like some of the neighboring states as well, and they will help take care of you 
and your child 100%. Um, and I, I, I've been talking to them for years. I'm trying to find ways to like even, you know, raise more money and awareness for the foundation. And we came up with this idea of this uh, cooking celebrity uh, chef comes into the household, uh, you know, mixologist and kids running around setting up the house, inviting like people in on a Zoom. Uh, if you do go to careforthekids.org and you do register, you will get uh, the recipe sent to you. They are going to cook in the house. And so we'll all cook together. And and then at the end, I'll probably perform a couple songs, who knows, on a little karaoke machine. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, just it's just really, honestly, it's, I think what you said was the most important um, message is that we are all fortunate that we're, a lot of us are going to be able to be at home with our families. And there's other people out there who are going to have to spend, you know, their holidays in the hospital, you know, and especially dealing with, you know, childhood cancer. And I think that uh, that's what, what we're doing is trying to, to uh, raise awareness and some money, um, you know, for those families in need. And, and that's why I'm, I'm happy that we're involved with the foundation. Yeah, I, I love that part about you, Nick. I know last time you were on here, you were talking about the volunteering, getting water to the frontline workers because the pandemic yeah. was very fresh and now you're doing it with the kids. So uh, it's definitely, especially around this time, we need it out there. There's so many families yeah. that can use the help. So I'm definitely going to put the link in, uh, to uh, yeah. Cure for Kids in the description of the podcast episode. Now you said you're going to do a little bit of the cooking. Now, do you do any of the cooking at home for the kids? Uh, do they? Uh, how are the kids as I far do. as your other two I as do. far as eating? Do they have a, do they so, have a dish that they like uh, I, the best? I'm I'm a little bit more simple. Like I don't add all the extra stuff in it. Like last night, um, you know, I went and got like this New York strip steak and, and I cooked like, um, I love asparagus. So I'll do like, just like the whole vegetables and like the, like maybe like a steak and then maybe like some rice on the side, like super simple stuff. And I made the steak last night uh, and I went out in my grill. I'm, I'm the grill master. I've gotten really good at it. Uh, I like a lot of guys like to say they are, but I'm good. I, and, and got to the point where basically I can cite that, that steak and like, oh, it's done. And I take it off and it's perfect. Right. And so, yeah, I, I had this asparagus. I, I put it in, in the, in the, um, the steamer and I put like olive oil all over it. And I put a little bit of truffle salt all over it. It was delicious. I gave it to Saoirse. Saoirse ate it up. She kept asking me more steak more steak, more steak. I'm like, she's a little protein eater. Like, so yeah, um, I, that's the kind of stuff or maybe like fish, I cook fish, but Lauren and she's a little bit more advanced than I would be as far as cooking. I'm good at cooking pancakes. I could, or make them cook them. I, what do you do? You just put them on the griddle, you know, so I'm good at, I'm, they call me the pancake daddy at my house. I'm, I'm always making breakfast for the kids. Well, listen, I, I do. I, I cook almost every night for my family. It's one of the things I really, really enjoy doing. I, I there's something about preparing the food, making it, and sitting down. We sit down and eat dinner, all six of us, at six o'clock every night and eat dinner. We pray together. We eat together. It's my favorite part of the day, and there's something yeah. so wholesome and so fulfilling about that. Absolutely. So I really enjoy that experience. And obviously, now we have Christmas coming. It'll be your first Christmas uh, with the new addition to the family here. Do you guys have any kind of Christmas traditions that you do? do you, are you involved with the Elf on the Shelf at all? Or we what do we you are. How do you know? Who told you? No, uh, we are doing the Elf on the Shelf right now. And uh, every single morning when they wake up, those elves are, they just show up out in individual like, places. Who knows? Never in the tree and like, and the kids are finding them. Yeah, the Elf on the Shelf is a lot of fun. Um, you know, we are, we always do these like matchy, matchy, uh, onesie, nighttime, I don't even know what they call them. Like, what do they call those things anymore? Like the, the when you sleep in them. The onesies, in the, the jumpers. 
the jumpers. It's like whatever. Yeah. So, but they they're all holiday looking. So we the whole family's wearing those. And then you know, obviously we wake up in the morning. And the two traditions that my wife actually has introduced me to are a little bit more of like the the Spanish influence. So she she'll make like this uh, pozole uh, the night before, which is so delicious. And I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a, a, a kind of like a, a Mexican dish. It's like a super spicy soup. And then the next morning, they it's like tamales, they do tamales. And then later on the day, <laughs> then we're doing the turkeys and then and the you know the traditional stuff. So yeah, anyways, like just those things. You know, obviously, I guess you can call it a tradition. I've been battling this tree. It, thank God it looks this way because it didn't look this way for the past couple of days because I I've been in tree wars. They call it. And basically, so I, it's a tradition. I will go to the storage unit, get all of our Christmas ornaments out for the front yard and for the trees and stuff. Past two years, it's been fine. The bulbs worked and all of a sudden I pull it out. None of the bulbs were working. So I had to go to the store and get this like, this little device, this little red thing, test each and every single bulb, you know? And like, I was just going, oh my God, it was, and my daughter came out, she was trying to help me. And it was just a nightmare. So I was having tree wars. That's a tradition. Not a great tree. Uh, not a great tradition. I even got, you know, it's funny too. Kevin, he saw my my Instagram post of the tree, and he and he 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 texts me. He goes, he goes, hey man, you should get this instead. It's like this some tree like folds down and goes up, and it's like <laughs> because I I had this thing in segments, and I had like test one se- like section out, then it had to test the next section out, and then te- and so he's like, you should do this, and he's like, I. I don't wish this on my worst enemy, this tree situation. <laughs> well, listen, do, do you have a, uh, a favorite Christmas song that you really enjoy, particularly singing? Do you have a favorite song that you like to either hear or sing? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's the one we love. Ah, yeah, I love that. Or Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. I like that one, too. You got to have a little comedy into it, too. Yeah. So now, let me ask you about your new single here, Scary Monster. What was the inspiration for that? Well, actually, um, I've been doing like these little one offs for just fun because, you know, I, what entertains me. And I've been doing like this cryptocurrency trading and playing with that and um, NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens. And I collect like this artwork. Right. And so I saw this like token that's called Xenu. And I did like all this research and. It, it seemed to be like a legitimate project that they were going to actually be releasing um, some NFTs. And, and so I said, well, can I create like, cause I love zombies. I did a zombie movie and you know, I've done like, uh, I just love scary stuff. And so I had this, wrote this song, scary monster as a theme song for the Xenu token and put that out around right on around Halloween. And it was a lot of fun. And then I put it out people like it. It's, a, it's just a one-off thing, but really kind of like just for, for that token. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I, I love the old horror movies. It's something that I share with my kids. They actually had one in a local theater here playing the original Invisible Man and the Wolfman on Halloween. So oh. uh, I was able to, I, I love all those movies. We watched them every October, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, the whole bit. Uh, so I, I'm definitely in, yeah. in, into that as well. And I know um, the uh, I Want It That Way just hit a billion views on YouTube. Yep. Uh, what a milestone that was. So uh, what, what kind of, um, I know we're coming to the end of the year here. What kind of projects or goals do you have or plans uh, for yourself in the future here, Nick? Well, I think the most important project is I'm working with this company called Humble, uh, H-U-M-B-L. They have an application on the App Store called Humble Pay. And uh, what they are is a blockchain company that also has a marketplace. And they're doing a lot of really uh, innovative and, and progressive things um, in the blockchain community. 
and uh, I, uh, I'm working with them to uh, uh, release an album, uh, an, an NFT blockchain album, a uh, solo album that should be coming out in the first quarter of next year. And uh, that's it's I'm really excited. The music has a very almost like uh, pop R&B flavor to it. I've been working with an incredible producer named Vic Martin. Um, and we're almost done with that record and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I think more importantly, uh, how we're launching it and what we're doing with it is is really not been done that much and not been done successfully when it comes to releasing NFT music based albums. So uh, I'm look forward to releasing that. I hope you guys enjoy that. Wow. Very cool. Look forward to that. I know everything you touch seems to turn to gold here, so I'm sure it'll be a successful one. Uh, no doubt. So last thing I want to hit you with here. Uh, I love to ask all the dads. I asked you last time. We'll see what you got for us this time. What kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Well, I think um, the most important part is, you know, pay attention to, you know, the be in the moment. You know, be in the moment, enjoy every single moment because those they grow up so fast. And before you know it, you're going to be wishing that you could go back to that moment when it all started. So every single moment that you get with your child, you know, try to tune out the outside world and just focus on the job at hand. And that is realizing that this is a a human, a a little human being that wants nothing but love from you and and wants and, and doesn't know anything in life other than you and just be focused on that and pay attention to that because that's the most important thing in life very well said i love the message been an honor to have you back nick carter your first class father all the way and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on first class fatherhood thank you Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Nick Carter for coming back here on the podcast. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love reading your feedback. Be sure you go back through the archives of the show and check out those other Backstreet Boy Dad interviews that I've done with AJ McLean and Brian Littrell, who stopped by here with his son Bailey on episode 500. Uh, That was really a special interview. You got to check it out. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.